Well, this morning, as we come before our Lord uh, in this time uh, for prayer and extended meditation, oftentimes these Saturday morning meditations will take on um, just a good time to reflect upon the gospel for the upcoming week um, with a little bit more depth. You know, we can only, within the Mass and everything going on within the Mass, there's not really a chance to, to um, engage in a, in a deep meditation um, upon the Sunday Gospel to really kind of sit with it and go over it again and again and again. And so often these Saturday morning meditations are, are going to be that, the chance to really um, dive into the Gospel, to really be here and Lord, to be, to be with you and to, um, to pray this scene through with you, um, to talk to you about it. So that when we show up at Mass this weekend, we're, um, we've already talked about it. We, we have, we're, we're bringing um, the fruit of our heart and of our prayer uh, to you and that we can offer that, um, that we're, we're prepared for what's to come. And um, this weekend for the Sunday Gospel, we hear the parable of the sower. Now, Matthew's Gospel, as I mentioned before, is divided into five kind of major discourses. Um, and there is uh, the section where the, we're now getting into the one of parables, right? There's the Sermon on the Mount. There's the um, instructions to the apostles. There is the parables. Then there's another one that I never remember the name of. And then finally, there's the eschatological discourse um, where our Lord is in Jerusalem and talking that that's where you get things like the... Um, the the separate the judgment of the nations separation of the sheep and the goats but here we're in the parables and um, you know our Lord tells the parable of the sower but then there's a cool thing and this is kind of what we can do in a way um, today is the disciples they they come and they say to our Lord why do you speak to them in parables like what's what's going on with this right and when we consider that our Lord um, talks so speaks so often in in parables and that he um, uses this very distinctive way of speaking and teaching, and it, it really becomes iconic of of him. And so when we hear, when you know, parables are a standard literary form, fables, stories, all that. But there's something about when God himself is using these to teach the crowds, they, they take on a different form for us, that they, they offer us a, a new way of seeing truths about the spiritual life and and our lord could have just you know gone into scholarly discourse <laughs> or he could have but instead he just he talks in simple parables that he um that he, he tells these stories and they're simple stories right when we consider the parables um they're given to us by god himself but they're very simple and so often our conversation with our lord it's not meant to be uh, scholarly discourse. Our conversation with our Lord is not meant to be um, something super elaborate, but often it's just, it's simple. It's simple stuff. And uh, we could go wrong in our spiritual life if we think that it needs to be complicated. In our times of prayer and meditation, mental prayer, um, if we think it has to be this big, complicated thing, it doesn't. It's, it's just simple. It's, he's telling us a story. Right. And um, and then this story, this little story about a sower who went out to sow. 
over 2,000 years has provided depth for spiritual reflection that just like St. Augustine, St. Augustine, um, when he was a student, before his conversion, he kind of didn't like reading sacred scripture. He's like, ah, that's boring, right? Yeah, that's, there's, there's not a lot going on there. It's not eloquent language. It's not deep uh, treaties. It's not really philosophical. So he didn't like reading scripture. He didn't like reading the gospels um, until he converted and he um, fell in love with our Lord. And then he said, look, I can, I can meditate upon, you know, a few lines of scripture for the rest of my life and never, um, never adequately plumb the depths, never really get everything there is to be gotten out of it. And that's what the parables show us on a surface level. They can be very um, simple. We've heard them before. And sometimes to the degree that we've heard them so many times that we just check out when, when we start, uh, when we get to them in the Bible or when we hear them read at Mass. But parables offer us this ability to go deep with our Lord because um, these can apply to, to our own life and, um, and not just our life in general, but they can apply to our daily life right now. Um, in, in so many ways, they give us this insight God himself told us these stories, these simple stories, um, to give us a real insight into um, spiritual life, uh, but in a way that's accessible for us. Like, how, how awesome is that, Lord? You want, you want us to understand these things. Like, you, you want us to, to, not be, um, to not be afraid of, oh, this, this spiritual truth, it's so academic, I, I just can't. I can't get, no, you're talking to us in a simple way. You're telling us a story, all right, out of love. You just tell us a story um, so we can get to know you better and we can uh, follow you better. And so um, to reflect upon these parables, and particularly this parable of the summer. So we hear that a sower goes out to sow, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched since they had no root and they withered away. Other seeds fell upon thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Who, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And again, oftentimes what the disciples will do is our Lord is telling the parables and, um, but then they'll also say like, well, explain this to us. Like, <laughs> tell me about this, right? And that, that should actually be a, also what we do in our time of, of mental prayer. Like, Lord, explain this parable to me. Te- teach me about that. We go, we hear the story and then like, okay, explain this to me. Teach me about how this applies to my life. What I need to learn from this parable today. Lord, explain this parable to me. And so, um, he does. Like, this is also a cool thing. Like, he could be like, no, you guys figure it out. Like, you're on your own. All right, I told the story. I'm over it. Let's move on to something else, right? But again, our Lord doesn't do that. He, he explains it to them. They, Lord, explain this parable to them. Okay, here you go. Here are then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, the evil comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. And that, was, and that is what was sown along the path. And so that's so the first, the, the seed that gets thrown on, on the path. That is anyone who, who hears the word, 
um, but doesn't understand. It doesn't really get in, right? Um, and so when we have seed along the path, that's, um, I don't know, like there, there's something about the soil there is, um, it's not open. It's closed. It's, it's a very closed soil. You know, when the path is very tightly compacted dirt, in our day we have, you know, asphalt and everything like that. And, and so look, you could put all the seed you want on Stanley Street outside and nothing's going to grow there, right? It just doesn't happen. It's, it's closed. It's not, it's not even open. And we shouldn't be surprised. Like, right, if I went out there just a handful of seeds, I was just tossing it at Stanley Street. I'm like, why isn't anything growing? Like, oh, it's, it's rock, Father Casey. That's why it's not growing, right? It's, um, it's, it's not open. And we see that that's so true. Like, we wonder how come so many people can come to Mass and they can hear these stories, they could hear the Word of God, um, they can see everything, but it, it just doesn't do anything for them. Well, that's the seed that it's... The seed is the same. We're going to see in the parable... The seed is the same all the time. It's always the same word of God, but it's about the soil and about the environment. And so my heart too, how often is my heart closed? How often do I come into this chapel to pray, to talk to you, Lord, and you throw your word at me and it's just hitting asphalt. It's just, it's a closed heart. It's not, it's bouncing right off and not going anywhere that we don't even let the word in. Um, the path doesn't let the word in. And then, you know, the devil doesn't, he, he comes and he just snatches it away, right? Uh, that's the birds. They come and they, they just snatch it right off the path. Um, so even if there were an earthquake, it's, it's, not, it's gone. The, and that, the, you know, when our, our hearts are closed, then too, the, the devil's at work to try to, let's take that away. You're not even going to remember what you heard. It's not going to, if we think of Sunday Mass, you know, that word isn't going to even be in your mind by the time you leave, leave the church. Um, it just gets taken away and um, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's, that's the seed that, that falls on, on the path, on the road. Um, and this is something that we, we can often have very closed hearts. Um, it could be just we're in a bad mood that day. It could be that we're overly distracted, uh, that we don't... Um, put our heart into it. And that's why it's important, you know, before a time of prayer, um, we have the prayer that we say before our meditations, but to really um, enter into that, that time of prayer, to open, you know, I want an open heart in this time of prayer. And so to make like an act of the presence of God, my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here and that you see me, that you hear me, right? So to be put in the, put in the presence of God and to, to open our hearts a bit, um, it could be like, leave all the other stuff, all the distractions and, and closed offness, leave it outside. Um, but to come here with an open heart, I don't know where this time of prayer is going to lead me, but I'm open. Uh, my heart's not a, it's not pavement. It's, um, it's an open heart for you, Lord. And so we need to be sure that our hearts, we don't go into, um, into the gospel, uh, into receiving God's word, our times of prayer, with um, with just closed hearts. It's and we need to pray for those who have these closed hearts, right? Again, it's the same seed, but it's um, 
But there's a lot of people, they, their hearts are just closed, and so we need, we need an opening there. Okay, so um, that's a sea that falls uh, on the road. That's what's sown on the rocky ground. It's he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. It has no roots in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately falls away. Immediately. That that's the rocky ground. Uh, there, there's some soil there. There's a little bit. It's not quite, it's not quite totally closed off. There's a little bit there. Um, and the seed, it, it gets in there. And it, it springs up immediately. Uh, there's a quote. Like it, right away. Um, with enthusiasm. Right? Um, but enthusiasm, if it's just enthusiasm, um, it's going to fail. And again, this can be in our times of prayer, Lord. You know, sometimes we feel like we got something. Like, okay, here I am. And we've been talking for a while and not much has been happening. And then, boom, I've got something. And I'm excited, Lord. I'm so excited about that. Like, all right, got an insight. Yeah, I got to do I want to do something. Like, but, um, but if it's rocky ground, it, it springs up immediately, but there's no rootedness in it. Right? Um, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat all day today. Like not, not at all. I'm going to skip every meal for the rest of the day. I'm going to do a total fast today because I was, I've been moved in my prayer, but the reality is, uh, I can't, I can't curb my appetites for even five minutes. Right. I'm going to have that thought and then I'm going to boom, go right on my phone. while I'm sitting here because someone texted me, right. Uh, that, that we have this enthusiasm maybe, but there's no soil there. It's just a lot of times these enthusiastic thoughts, um, without any roots, um, they spring right up and then immediately they, whenever some tribulation or hardship comes, whenever we ever have to actually live it, um, that we, um, we wither and the seed, um, withers away, uh, the, what springs up the, and that the virtue that we need, um, to contrast this is the virtue of perseverance that we need to persevere and we need to be willing to follow our Lord and to stick with our prayer and to stick with our resolutions, um, even when it gets tough. That the virtue of perseverance is to, to keep at it, right? A uh, little personal confession. I've been going through a reading slump and this happens regularly, um, that, that I've read some good books and I really enjoyed them and I was enthusiastic about them and I was making progress and putting them in Goodreads and the whole thing. And, um, and then I started reading two books that, were re- that are really good. I'm still trying to read them, but they're more difficult. It's, these, are, these are more difficult books to read. They're not so easy. They're not so lighthearted. Um, and they're tough, but they're good. Like there's a lot coming out of them. And it could be so easy to be like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna read those anymore. Like they're, they're just too tough, right? Um, there's an enthusiasm maybe to start out, but then when it's, this is actually going to be work to, to learn something from this, um, well, then it could be frightening, right? And it could be in little foolish things like what, what I'm reading, or it could be in the big things. So like with the Christian life that could, it seem it's exciting. Sometimes there's times of excitement and, uh, enthusiasm, but that doesn't ever last forever. Enthusiasm will always disappear, and then that's when we need perseverance. Um, St. Jose Maria says in the way, it was advice that he was giving 
to, um, to actually Blessed Alvaro de Portillo, who had written a letter. Um, and Blessed Alvaro had written, my enthusiasm is gone. And so St. Jose Mary makes this point in the way about him. My enthusiasm is gone, you wrote. Yours has to be a work not of enthusiasm, but of love. Conscious of duty, which means self-denial. Yours has to be a work not of enthusiasm. It could be good. You know, these are little, it's like romance, right? Enthusiasm is like romance in the relationship with our Lord. Enthusiasm for things of, of holiness. But if, um, if a relationship is just built on, on the little acts of romance, right? Um, then, then it, won't, it won't last. Some of that ends up fading over time. It needs to give way to love and perseverance um, and self-denial. Um, that particularly within marriage, it's a total death to self through being committed to and loving the other person, and all the more so in our relationship with you, Lord, is that it's not about enthusiasm. Um, we need to persevere. That means love. Conscious of duty, which means self-denial. And so um, love is a secret to all perseverance. That's actually the very last point of the way. And what's the secret of perseverance? Love. Fall in love and you will never leave him, right? And so that's the secret to perseverance, to sticking with our Lord, to not being the, the shallow soil, is, um, is to be able to have those roots, to, to not be shallow in our relationship. Like that's the soil describes exactly what we're not supposed to be. Um, and that we, we gotta have deep roots. Okay, so now we take a little bit of a turn because... As for what's sown among thorns, that's he who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the delight and riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Um, that, now, this is a bit of a turn because with the last two, with the, with the path and with the rocky ground, the problem is with the soil, right? That there's no openness in the soil or there's no depth in the soil. But now, with regard to what's sown... Um, with the thorns, there's every indication that the soil is good, but now it's the environment around it, which chokes the word. It chokes the fruit that God wants to bear in our hearts. And so this can be when, yeah, I can receive the word of God and I can even receive it with, with some depth. It's not going to be shallow in my life. But those other aspects of my life that are thorny um, have not been cleared away that they are still there. And so, um, you know, any, any um, toxic relationships, um, friendships that, that just lead to no good or other relationships that just need, lead to no good, um, we need to be friends with people that, that um, don't exactly agree with us on everything. We should absolutely have friends who are not Catholic or even not really religious. But if those friends are occasions for us to sin, um, then those are not people that we need to have in our life right now. People that, that lead us astray. These are the thorns that they, or the cares of the world, our Lord says. That, um, yeah, we live in the midst of the world and there's a certain importance that we have to be able to function in the middle of the world. But if I'm just so concerned through, um, through vanity or through, our Lord specifically says, love of riches. You know, we, we may not like this so much, but... Our Lord is very clear on the danger of uh, riches, uh, of having material wealth. And we could like over-spiritualize that. I love Pope Francis 
is so um, good of a reminder of like, no, it's actual poverty. Like actual material poverty is um, so important in the preaching of our Lord. And so he doesn't just say, oh yeah, like cares of the world, as long as you're though detached in your heart. Like, no, if you have love of riches, like, it, yeah, there needs to be detachment in the heart, but then that needs to go a step further to, to actual physical detachment, to, to having the things that we need, um, but, but not living this luxurious, superfluous lifestyle. Um, and so these are the thorns that we could receive the word well, but that it, um, it gets choked by this worldliness. That worldliness, you know, um, is it Pope Francis, when he went to Assisi very early in his pontificate, um, it was actually, it was October, it was the Feast of St. Francis, um, 2013, he was in Assisi, and um, I, I, I just love going back to this so many times, I wish I could, but worldliness is the enemy of Jesus, he said. Like, boom, just straight up vicar of Christ. Like, worldliness is the enemy of our Lord. Um, and so if we're, if we're worldly in the way that we approach, um, life, if we're, if we're stuck in the things of the world and that that's where we place ultimate value in material things, those are the thorns, which no matter how good the soil may be, if I'm just too stuck on the world and on worldly things, um, then we need to, um, clear away those thorns out of our life. It'll choke the good work being done if we don't um, remove them. And thorns just have to, they just gotta be removed, right? There's no negotiating with them. Let's keep a few of these thorns there and you know, not, no, 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 it just, we get rid of it. Uh, all those obstacles uh, in our life um, that distract us from God's word. As for sown on good soil, is he who hears the word and understands it. Indeed bears fruit and yields it, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, another thirty. That then we get to the good soil. Um, to hear the word and to, to understand it. Now even the word understanding is to intelligere, to, to read into it, to, to plumb its depths, to really go deep into the word that um, understand just as mean, okay, yep, I got it. Um, but it's to go deep into it. That's the gift of understanding, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to, to go deep into the Word. In Luke's account of this passage, um, he says, he who receives the Word with a generous heart, right? To receive the Word generously, um, to go beyond just what's required, but to receive generously. And I think that's a great question we could ask. Like, do I receive generous am i generous with god right god is so good to me he's so generous to me he, he loves me so he gives me so much um and there's another point in here i probably don't have it marked out or can't find it quickly enough but like you know what what am i being asked for versus what i here you go meditate on this slowly i'm asked for very little compared to how much i'm being given right to receive the word with generosity I'm being asked with, for very little compared to how much God has given me. And so how are we, like, Lord, are we generous with you? Do we, um, do we really kind of give ourselves to you uh, in a way that can bear fruit? Do I, do I have an open heart 
to receive your word. Like today, Lord, if you call me, um, just even today, um, am I willing to respond generously? Um, the, on the Paul, the little piece of cardboard, I know I've said this before, that covers the chalice. Um, it's a good reminder to me every day because um, it's a line that St. Jose Maria used to put in the beginning of his Ordo, the calendar for Masses. In Letizia Nula Dies Sine Cruce. Not a single day without rejoicing in the cross and particularly having Mass in the morning. It's like, you know what, today after Mass, I'm just going to go put my feet up and um, nap all day. Well, no, in Letizia Nula Dies Sine Cruce. Not a single day without rejoicing in the cross or bearing the cross with rejoicing. Not a, not a day. There's never a day off from the cross. Um, but the cross in joy. Are we generous with God? Um, do we give ourselves abundantly uh, to our Lord? Uh, do we have that open heart that if God asked me today, Father Casey, I need you to do this and I need you to do this. You know, today this person's going to call. It's a kind of quiet day. You don't have a lot of schedule, but you're going to get called to the hospital and then the nursing home and this person's going to want to meet with you and then this person's going to ask you for confession. And, okay, Lord. Like, absolutely, 100%. I'm in today if I can have a generous heart. Um, and so we ask our Lord to give us that generous heart. So, um, you know, as we pray with the parables, again, going back to a line from St. Josemaria, he would say with the, with the parable of the uh, prodigal son, he'd say, I live the parable of the prodigal son a hundred times every day, right? A hundred times every day, I leave the father's house and then I have to come back a hundred times a day. We can see if we really pray with this parable with you, Lord, that we live the parable of the sower a hundred times every day. You're always throwing seed at us. You're always um, giving us your word, giving us your grace, Lord. Um, and a hundred times a day, I live the parable of the sower. And probably a hundred times a day, I'm each of just a closed heart, not into it, or receive something with enthusiasm, but doesn't go anywhere for lack of perseverance, order, and love underneath it, or get too choked by worldly concerns and worldliness uh, and concern for, for love of riches or other things of the world. Or sometimes, through God's grace, um, we receive the word generously in the day. A hundred times a day even, receive it with generosity in little things. I'm going to be generous here with you, Lord. You've given me so much. You've been so generous to me. So now I could be uh, generous to you. In a particular way, our, our model for the parable of the sower and living it well um, is Our Lady, who um, received the word of the angel with a generous heart. She was being asked to give everything. Um, and she responded generously, receiving um, the word of God himself, right? Jesus is the word, right? She received the word um, generously uh, with that open heart. Uh, and so we ask Our Lady to give us a heart like hers, uh, to be open to receiving God's word um, and to be moved uh, so that receiving him, uh, we can bear abundant fruit in the world, uh, 30, 60, and 100 fold.